if you will, open up your Bibles to 1 John 5, and we've been sharing about experiencing eternal life. Another way to say this is this, about, you know, experiencing eternal life is manifesting eternal life. God wants to have people manifest eternal life. Eternal life is something from God, and here's the thing about it. It is the atmosphere of heaven. It's who God is. And so when we talk about manifesting eternal life, we're talking about manifesting really who God is in, in every dynamic. And what's so cool is we're going to live with him forever, but we are told that we can experience his eternal life now while we're on the earth. So if you will, we're going to go further into this. First John, a verse we've looked at, First John 5 way back in the back of your Bible there, right before the book of Revelation, or close to that, 1 John 5, and it says this in verse 12. Are you ready? 1 John 5, verse 12 says this, He who has the Son has life. Now, when we use our English words, we don't really get the impact of what he was trying to say here. The word there in the Greek literally is zoe, or the life that God has in himself. Well, that should be pretty profound. What opportunity is afforded anybody in this world by any means to have an experience and have the very life of God in them, except right here through the Son. He who has the Son, you could read it like this, has Zoe or has the very life God has. Now, if just by the title, experiencing or manifesting the life of God could mean that you could have the life of God, but it could be manifest in a greater way or maybe not manifest hardly at all. You with me? But isn't God's life powerful? We should think like that. And he said, he who has the Son of God, or has the Son, meaning Jesus, has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life or the life of God. What a profound statement. Now turn over with me to Galatians, the third chapter. I just want to read these two verses as we start. Galatians the third chapter, because I really want to get into talking about, you know, the first week we talked about how people need to not be living in shame, not living condemned, how God doesn't want that for them, so that they could manifest the life of God and fellowship or interact with God intimately. And then we talked about getting that life of God in motion last week, but we're going to go further in that how that the life of God can influence really your existence and is really supposed to. Most people who dream about heaven believe, I would at least assume this, that it's going to be incredible forever and ever and ever and ever. And when people think about hell, they think about horrible forever and ever and ever. Well, we're talking about taking something from heaven and getting it into a human being so that they can exist or, and experience, really, heaven on earth. 
And God's design is for people to have that. And we're going to look about how to get this eternal life operating through us today. So Galatians, the fifth chapter, actually the third chapter. I just have to get there. The third chapter, and notice this in the 14th verse. This is talking about people who have received the Lord. Galatians 3.14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, literally the non-Jewish believers, in Christ Jesus. You know, when I grew up, I went to a Christian church, and I had always heard this just in society about Jewish people or people from Israel. Those people are just blessed. But I never heard that about Christians. Never heard that. I just, Christians, you know, just Christians have eternal life. They kind of have a ticket to get into heaven, and that was about it. And then you just need to tell everybody because you don't want anybody to go to hell, which is important. But I came to find out that uh, God's blessing is not just for the afterlife, and it's not just on Jews, but if you read the whole context, it comes upon Gentiles, which means non-Jewish people, which would be any of us. Or really, when you look at this, it's what was on Abraham, now is to be on us. And so he said that the blessing of Abraham, and it would do any Christian good to look and study that. Because if it's on me and if it's on you, what does that look like? Could you put a demand on it? Is there something you could do? I mean, Abraham at times would get the short end of the stick. But man, he would always rise up and just prosper abundantly in, in all kinds of areas. His relatives were affected by this. His livelihood was affected this, by this. His relationship with God, his prayer life was affected by this blessing. And so notice here, it says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through our trust or faith in Christ. So notice, blessing upon us, eternal life in us. And so if you could title today's message, it would be, for the Christian, we have something better than the Midas touch, or better than the Midas touch. That might sound like, what do you mean the Midas touch? You know, when we were younger, you used to hear stories and fables and different stuff like that. And there was a cartoon and, or a book that we would read called The Midas Touch, and how this king had gained this favor with this whatever being and so he said, I'm going to give you one wish, you know, kind of like the genie, but you get three. But he got one. And so he was like, I know what it is. And he's, got a, he's a king. He said, what I want is that whatever I touch will turn into gold. Well, most people would think that is a pretty good wish to have. Whatever I touch, money, gold, you know. This is better than the goose that lays the golden egg because all you get is gold eggs, you would think. Well, he didn't really think it through, and so he started touching stuff, and things started turning to gold, and he realized, man, I'm getting rich. 
But then he realized, I want to eat something. And you go to touch it, and the thing would turn into gold. And what he thought would be a blessing became a curse. And if you know the story, he started starving to death. Just because of this one wish that whatever I touch would turn to gold. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. How to manifest the life of God in our existence in really every area. Notice this Deuteronomy 28. And we're saying these things in the light of Midas, King Midas, who thought he had a blessing just because he could have money. And he didn't realize that he could have money, but he really had a curse. And he had sorrow with the blessing that he had. Notice this Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing on you. Now, just to let you know, this is part of Abraham's blessing. If you would read this whole chapter, you could see what the blessing of Abraham was. And we just read that the blessing of Abraham is on us, and this is part of it. He said, the Lord would command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Well, we don't have storehouses, at least I don't. But we do have bank accounts, we do have investments, we have things like that. And then notice this next phrase, he would command the blessing on all to which you would set your hand. Notice the Midas touch was everything, and then he found out that wasn't good, there was, there was something wrong with it. In other words, you could say it like this, going about getting blessings in your life, the worldly way does not bring all to your life that you'll look for. I've met people who thought when they were going to be, you know, once they finally made money, they would be fulfilled. And I know some of those people ended up with money and went, this isn't it. I mean, there are athletes who think that winning the Super Bowl or winning an NBA championship or whatever it is or some gold medal. Once they, you know, you have this dream, you think it's going to do something for you. And I've watched documentaries where there have been some of the greatest pro athletes who've won like an NBA title. And after they won and everybody was jumping around going crazy, they went through the tunnel walking back and I've heard this, and I'm thinking of a particular one right now. And uh, this one guy walked down the tunnel, and he said, is this all it is? Because sometimes people don't realize that there are byproducts that don't really do what we want them to do. And the byproduct is not bad. In other words, the byproduct of this guy being a dominant athlete was that he won an NBA championship. But he thought that was it. He thought this is going to do something for me. And really, the only thing that's going to do something for anybody is when they come into a relationship with God and begin to walk with him. 
but there are byproducts. In other words, King Midas thought the end is having everything gold, and it wasn't. But there isn't anything wrong with things being blessed when you touch them. Notice, he said, all to which you set your hand, he will bless you in the land which the Lord is giving you. So when he said, I'm giving you this land, I'm giving you this future, and whatever you would put your hand to would be blessed. And, you know, I looked this stuff up thinking, okay, I want to make sure I, this is just, you know, not one type of blessing. And it really is financial blessing, but in all reality, it's blessing if you read the context in every area of your life. But, notice it says, whatever you put your hand to will prosper or be blessed and really be fruitful. You know, you could read past that and not realize what does it mean to put your hand to something? If I gave an assignment to an employee and I was a boss and they kind of fiddle-faddled around with it and really didn't dedicate to that um, and I came back would, would, and you were the observer, would you think uh, they put their hand to that? Would you think that? We wouldn't think that. But we would look at somebody who really started when, you know, working at something, really giving effort to it. Are you with me? He said what you put your hand to. In the Bible, it talks about putting your hand to the plow. That's different than putting your hand behind a tractor and driving. I mean, a plow then was, man, you are getting it pulled by ox, but you're out there manhandling that. You're working the ground. You could say it like this, whatever work you do and really put effort to, God will bless that. God will bless that. And there are directions where God tells us what to put our hand to. Now, Look at this in Proverbs real quick, and then we'll go back and look at that again. The part about putting your hands to something. But Proverbs is real interesting because one of the problems with Midas was God, it wasn't God, but this whatever blessed him, but it all turned to gold. And so it just, it wasn't the way they wanted. You know, people can work hard and uh, make it in life. We see that. We see people who become wealthy in life. We see people who do certain things uh, in life and get ahead. But that is not all that we're talking about. Because there are people who, you know, who are comedians, and we hear stories about them, where they, um, you know, they're the biggest joke tellers and they're, they're suicidal. And God wants people to be free. God wants people to be blessed in this life. God wants whatever we set our hand to, to prosper. But like I said, some of these people got a lot of money, but they didn't do it the right way. Notice this in Proverbs 
10, verse 22. And this is a real interesting verse because Midas had things turning to gold, but it really didn't benefit him. There was something out of order in that. But now we're told to put our hands to things, and whatever we would put our hands to, God would bless it. How is it that God will bless things you put your hand to? It's because you have eternal life in you. And when you work, that eternal life and that blessing that's on your life will influence whatever you put your hand to. And God will enrich you. And we're going to look at some of that. Because it's important to know that it's not just about work. And a, a job that we go to that we put our hands to. Proverbs 10.22 said this. The blessing of the Lord. Now remember, he said the blessing of the Lord is upon you as a believer. It is just there. But notice we saw that there's a formula to putting it into action, and it's whatever you put your hand to, really you could say releases that blessing into that, or upon that. And so here he said that the blessing of the Lord makes rich, but there's another part to it, and adds no sorrow with it. Midas got what he wanted with sorrow. There is a way when we put God first and put our hands to things that, that what we put our hand to will be blessed. And not only will it be blessed and fruitfulness will come, but it will not add sorrow to us. Are you with me? Because there are people who need to realize that you can get ahead in this world. You can. You know, I've, I, I remember when I worked in construction, I, and people would say, you know, if God's this way, why is He blessing and making those other people rich? And here I am, and I'm not bad like them. Why is He blessing them? The question would be, is it God blessing them? That's a good question. Is it God blessing them? Are you with me? Is it God that is really blessing them? Is God blessing a drug dealer who's selling drugs and now they have billions of dollars or millions of dollars? Is God blessing that? No. No. He's not blessing that. So you could tell then that there is an ability to get riches. And I remember when I lived in the world, I had a really good job that paid good money. And I remember thinking, this is not it. And I was told, this is it. Because it's the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow. Why would that be? Because we know the kingdom principle that you have to put God first. And what are we saying to put God first? Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. 
the first thing you have to put your hand to is your relationship with God. It will bring forth that eternal life and get it manifesting through you. What else? Part of your relationship is getting into the book. If you're not sure what book, it's not Mad Magazine, it's the Bible. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm a cartoon or a comic book collector. Not, not that one. You can do that. But this book. And here's the thing. If I don't put my hand to it, he can't bless it. If I want my relationships to get better. Now I understand some people are just, they have certain issues we, none of us do. No, we all have to deal with things. But there are just some people, no matter what you do, they're maybe not going to love you and not going to treat you a certain way. But I'm talking in an overall way, you know, relationships with your kids or your family. If you learn to put your hand to it, God can bless that. God can work on those things. And maybe in ways you don't know. Because you might be thinking, well, I just want them to talk to me again. And God's thinking, I want to talk to them, period. Are you with me? And, you're, and we're thinking, oh, I want them to talk to me. I found this out, that when you have somebody who's not right with God, they're going to have often issues with people who are right with God. As a matter of fact... The Bible tells us that when a person is not walking with God in a family that is walking with God, it said they'll be, they can be against each other. But it says when people come to know the Lord, the Bible said God would turn the heart of the child or the son toward the father and the father toward the son. There is just something when you keep the priority right. Are you with me? And so, because if you make a statement and say, well, if you just serve God, he will affect your family, he will, but the way he's going to want to do it is reach them first. You with me? He does, because he, wa he wants them forever. And we need to realize what we set our hand to, he will bless so we could pray for our families. And one thing about his blessing, when we labor, he will bless what we labor in. So you could say it like this. My relationship in the church. If I want, because remember, he said he will bless whatever I set my hand to. Part of God's design is for us to be involved and in doing things reaching people, serving in, in, in a local church. Why? Because God will bless what you labor in. That is a huge, huge thing. Some people have lost out on experiencing the life of God and eternal blessings because they didn't labor in the things God wanted them to labor in. They thought, I've got to enjoy all the things of the earth. And I'm not saying you can't enjoy things of the earth. But they put such a priority on it that they miss out on the blessing of God 
that they could be experiencing. God does not want that for anybody. But it takes an order. It takes putting Him first, and then it takes laboring. Notice, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Think about it. There are people who are psychologists who make good money and they're trying to help people and they're miserable because they've lost out on the missing ingredient, the Lord, the, the thing that makes it right or gives people potential. So remember that. Back there in Deuteronomy 28, whatever you set your hand to will prosper. I could ask you, what do you want prospering in your life? But, some of us may come up with the right answer and some may not. If you ask a kid, what do you want for dinner? You can have whatever you want. Whatever? Well, Cocoa Puffs, of course. Well, what else do you want besides Cocoa Puffs? A another bowl of Cocoa Puffs. After a while, that's not good. So we are told and we tell our kids, uh, I think we tell our kids this still, after you finish, then you can have a dessert or something. But you think about it, we would then, if we would tell our kids what's important to eat, don't you think it would be important then to tell spiritual people what's important to eat? You know, I don't know why I'm always shaky like this. What have you had today? Well, just four cups of coffee and a, and a donut. <laughs> what are you having for lunch? Just two more cups of coffee and maybe a sweet roll. I just don't know why I'm real shaky. You think you could help me? Could you pray for me? Yeah, but what do you want me to pray? Lord, help them not to drink so much coffee and maybe eat something that would cause them not to shake. Are you with me? Because people can be like that. You know, he said, whatever you set your hand to and really labor in, doesn't matter what area it is, but there are priority areas that he has laid out. First, your relationship with God. Then kingdom business. And, and, and the reason why he puts those things first is they will influence how you work. That you'll be an honest person. How you'll treat people. It, all of it starts to be influenced down the path. How you do things in church. How you make things a priority. Because why? Because God is a priority. And so when you start laboring right there, meaning putting effort in, then it starts affecting all these other areas of life. Some people would hear this and go, oh, God's going to bless whatever I set my hand to. I've been wondering about starting a dispensary. Give out marijuana. Well, I don't know that that's maybe the way the Lord wants you to go.
you know, there's all kinds of studies about that stuff. Just because it's become legal in society doesn't mean it's legal with God. Amen. You know, I used to be addicted to that stuff. And I got delivered. But I know people, it, it does not have positive effects. Here's an interesting thought. One of the works of the flesh in Galatians is called witchcraft. Now, all of us would go, yeah, witchcraft, bad. Bad. Right? Read the Old Testament, bad. But the same word there is the same word where the Bible talks about the great whore of Babylon and all this stuff at the end times, that this one country or ruling nation uh, would make the people, you know, drunk with and messed up with its drugs or whatever it is. It literally is the word pharmakia. It's the same one as witchcraft. It means mind-altering drugs. There are things that alter people in a not good way, and God doesn't want us bound by those things. Just because society says it's okay, I'm going to tell you without a big radical change, society is going to keep changing and telling us all kinds of stuff is okay, and God is saying it's not. And is it God that's trying to destroy your fun? No, he knows those things harm us. I mean, if I give you an owner's manual to your car and you go, you know what? Regular gas just keeps going up. I'm putting diesel in there and I just don't care what you say. <laughs> I just know better. Or something else that's flammable. And it may work for a short time, but it's going to have an ill effect. So it's important for us to realize that God has told us where to put our hand to and where to put our labor. He told us to do it with our relationship with Him when you're serving in the kingdom of God to really put your hand to it. In other words, how did He say put your hand to things? He said do it like you're doing it unto the Lord and not to men. He told us that like if at work. Do it like you're doing it as unto the Lord and not unto man. If you have kids, do it like you're doing it unto the Lord and not to men. Well, you think about it. If the Lord Jesus appeared, I mean, and he saw me acting a certain way toward you, would he go, yeah, that's awesome? Or would he go, oh, and I need to be thinking, am I doing it like I'm doing it under the Lord and like he's watching? Why is this important? Because he wants to bless and cause eternal life to be manifest anywhere you would set your hands. Now you understand I said the enemy can bless people. We know when Jesus was tempted, one of the temptations was, bow down and start serving me, and I will give you all these blessings. I'll give you these communities because they were given unto my hand. Where, when, did, when did the devil get them? When Adam sinned and forfeited them. 
And he said, the way you can get these and be blessed is if you labor with your hands after my things. You serve me. So you could see that there are people who can be blessed, and there are people who can be blessed, and one will add sorrow, and the other will not. Now, I know that bugs people, but we can see it. You can say, why are there people like that? I know I hear those kinds of things from people. Why are these people blessed then? The question is, are they really blessed or do they just have some monetary stuff? Ha have they been made rich with sorrow? Somebody said, well, they seem awful happy. Not always what looks to be happy or is happy. But I am telling you, when you receive the Lord, He does not want that eternal life locked up in you. He wants it released. He wants it out. He wants that eternal life, which is where His blessing is, to not just be in you, He wants it to affect your mind. He wants it to affect your relationships. He wants it to affect your house. He wants it to affect everything. But how do I get it working? I set my hand to things. I learn how God wants me to deal with other people. Think about it. He who shows no mercy to another, the Bible said, will find no mercy. That's me setting my hand to it. But he said, if you would give mercy, he said, you would rejoice in the day of judgment because mercy will be found. In other words, you will gain mercy on that day. Well, how did I gain it? By laboring the way God wanted me to labor. In other words, I gave it. I give mercy to people. And I'll tell you what, that can be labor. Because you can give mercy to somebody and they don't act right about it. And you have to be careful not to take back that mercy. I just was nice to them. Now they're not nice to me? Okay, that's it. No, don't cut that off. Why? Because mercy, he who shows no mercy will find no mercy, the Bible said. And I don't know about you, these are areas where you have to apply your hand. I mean, to apply your hand, maybe you just grab your tongue. Well, don't say that. Because if I don't labor and I don't show mercy then it's not going to be blessed. And then all of a sudden my relationship with people is going to get damaged. And I'm going to want mercy. And the Bible plainly tells us we have to plant mercy. We have to give mercy. It's just an area of laboring. You know, if you see somebody who's not quite as perfect as you are, give mercy. 
Because, you know, we're all the pinnacle of life. No, we all need mercy. Sometimes it's easier for us to spot everybody else's fault but our own. Man, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? Isn't it amazing how much is wrong with other people but not us? I thought I would at least get an amen right then. No, we just need to realize we need mercy, others need mercy, but if we don't set our hand to it, we get affected. But whatever we set our hand to will prosper. A harsh mind can be difficult to live with. Because it's always on other people's faults and everything else they're doing wrong. Instead of keeping it on the Lord. Where he said then peace would come. So you could say it like this. If I'm going to set my hand to being merciful to others, I'm going to need to probably be keeping my mind on the Lord. And when I do that blessing, the Bible said, he whose mind is stayed on him... That's almost like you, you labor. He said God would keep you in perfect peace. Think about these areas that we can put our hand to. Our relationship with God, our relationship with the church, our relationship with the people of the kingdom, our relationship with the lost. You know what would be good? Is to start thinking... The blessing that God is on me, he will affect the loss through me. The world needs to taste. God wants you to taste. Turn to Colossians, the first chapter. God wants us to partake, participate in eternal life. In other words, to have a settled heart, a settled mind. All these different things, fruitful in everything we do. He wants that for you. He wants that for me. Notice this Colossians, and you guys are probably all there. The first chapter. And there's an interesting verse here. Because sometimes when people think of God's blessings in their life, and affecting all of their life and any area of their life, they think it's just that God just does it all on his own. And, it, and, and there's nothing for me to do with it. But if he said he would bless what you put your hand to, then that means that you can actually direct God's blessing to any area of your life. Any area I apply myself, I can start experiencing the blessing of God there. And that's why he tells us where to do things and how to do things. Because he wants you to be blessed above all people. Notice this in Colossians 1, verse 10. He was praying for these people. He said that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. This is God's will that he was praying for him, or this whole church, which would include us. Notice he said, being fruitful 
in every good work. It is God's will for you to be fruitful in not every work, every good work. You know, sometimes, you know, people just need to hear that part. In every good work. There are people who are constitutionalists or whatever who study the Constitution and they'll be like, oh... It's, this is written in there and this is written in there and they'll say I wish they would have clarified this because it would have helped people so they don't get out of bounds and miss what they were trying to say so basically God wrote this so we wouldn't miss what he was trying to say he was basically saying He wants us to be fruitful in every good work. Really, when we work in things that are appropriate and right, it releases something good. In the beginning, God created man and woman. A man and a woman. And then He told them, be fruitful and multiply. And then He told them, it's your job to dress, to keep, subdue, to labor in the garden, and He would bless it. And then when they sinned, the Lord said He would still bless what they do. He didn't ever say, do nothing and watch. Do nothing and watch. You don't need to pray, you don't need to talk to me, you don't need to do nothing, and watch how your life will be blessed. Said God never. But some people are like, okay God, you just bless me right now. If you want to be blessed with the presence of God as a believer, you're going to have to labor to keep your mind in the right place. If you want to be effective and have rewards laid up in heaven, you're going to have to labor in certain things here on the earth. You can't go, when I get to heaven, I'm waiting for my mansion and all my rewards. You know, we're coming up on Resurrection Sunday. We call it Easter. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I got a basket and there was nothing in it, I would think I would like at least something in the basket. I don't want to get to heaven and have nothing in my basket. Because that's forever. I mean, hey, I'm glad to get there. But what people don't realize about this earth, it's your retirement plan. You ever thought about retirement? People do on the earth. And they go, well, we need to do something to prepare for retirement. You know, the Bible tells us we need to do certain things here on the earth that will lay up things for our retirement. You mean there are going to be boats in heaven? I don't know. Well, I want a boat forever. I just want to be able to fly around. Whatever it is. But there are no doubt... There's no doubts according to Scripture that as we labor here, it actually does something for there. Anybody wise? 
Anybody wise? Somebody said, yeah, I'm wise. Anybody a wise investor? Think about it. We can affect other people's eternity by our labor here. I reach somebody. I not only reach that person, I start helping them in their walk with God, encouraging them along the way. I serve in the church so that when people come, but now I don't serve like this. Yeah, I'm here. No, I put my hand to it. And I'm not talking me, I'm talking any of us. Do I really put my hand to it? Because it will even affect a greater blessing here. If I don't pray, then I might preach and God will bless to a degree. If I don't study, God will bless to a degree. Just because of you. And because He's merciful. But there is a way to have it greater. That would be true if I'm a singer. That would be a dream. But whatever it is, if everybody really labored and did their part, uh, God would bless it. And it would be enriching to others. I remember when I was a youth pastor, we had started a youth band, and we had, you know, I remember this one guy who was our main drummer in the youth, and he was really good at riding skateboards. Like, he was a sponsored, you know, by skateboard companies and shirt companies or whatever. And uh, he said, do you think, and we had the whole group there, we had a meeting, he said, do you think we could ever make you know, a CD, you know, it wasn't long ago, it wasn't far enough back to say like a eight track, but he's like, do you think we could ever make a CD? And, and I was like, yeah, if you'll labor at this, like you do skateboarding. And you know, that whole group labored like that. And we got to the point and, and I'm not bragging, I'm just telling the truth, that when they would come in every so often and do service for the adults, the adults liked it better than the regular praise and worship. No offense. It wasn't here, it was where I was before. But it's the truth, we'd have people go, I really like that, but you know, those kids labored. But do you know that could be true in any way? that it's appropriate for us to labor in? I mean, if I work on the slides, if I labor, or do I just show up? Or I'm a greeter, and I just show up. Or I, I'm a sound guy, and I just show up. Or, or I work in the children's, and I just show up. Or I just go in my office, and I'm like, Lord, help me today. There it is. He was a lewd fellow of the baser sort. No, that's not a good scripture. Here we go. But you get what I'm saying. God said his life, his ability, his power, you can direct by just laboring in the things he tells us to labor in. 
and in the order he tells us to labor in them. Could you imagine? We, we get this often when people come. I can really sense God in that church. We hear that loads. Man, you could really sense God. That is not by accident. It's not by accident. It's because people labor certain ways. Somebody said, Are you, you're prideful, you're boasting. No, I could use a tool that was from my father's toolbox and do some kind of work and I'm not boasting in me. I'm just using the tool he gave. He told us what tools to do and how to use the tools and what to do. And he said you could dispense and disperse and influence things with the blessing of God. And God is merciful and we can all labor. Could you imagine what it would be like as we recognize these truths in our own life? You could do it in your own business. Really work at it. And God's blessing will be on that. I mean, really work at it. I'm not talking overwork. I'm just saying, with you doing your part and God doing His part, it, it will be blessed. Are you with me? Notice that verse again in Colossians. Fruitful in every good work fruitful in every good work. That's what God has for you. Fruitfulness in every good work. 